Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. What if you only have five years to influence your kids? What if you only have five years to give your kids the foundation they need to succeed? What if you only have five years to create a lifetime bond with your kids? Here's the scary part, Jerry. We don't even have five years. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast where we share encouraging stories and practical tools to pull you out of the rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to have a conversation with Joe Pomeroy. Joe is a married entrepreneur, he is a father, and he helps other married entrepreneurs succeed in their family relationships. He does this by helping you apply the same business principles that help you succeed in business into your family relationships. So things like, how do you negotiate something so that it's a win-win scenario? How do you apply a SWOT analysis to give you a state of where the family is today and where it's going tomorrow? So sit back and relax unless you are, I don't know, assembling the virus that's going to take out the aliens who want to invade. Um, I might have been watching a little bit too much Independence Day. That's not important. What is important is this conversation we're about to have with Joe. Here we go. All right. Hey, Joe, thanks for calling in from the great state of Arizona, which is, you know, just like the great state of Texas, but smaller and more to the West, I guess. I don't know why I brought that up. But anyway, <laughs> good to have you on here. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here. You know, our, our, the biggest, fanciest thing we've got in Arizona is the Grand Canyon, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, I th- you probably fit like seven or eight Grand Canyons in Texas. We so. could, but we still don't have a Grand Canyon in Texas. We have the Santa Elena Canyon in Big Bend. And I think the best way I've described it to my friends is uh, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, the wall in the north, it looks like it is huge. Like it's tall. And it goes like miles in each direction, left to right. And then there's this little tiny like canyon slot in the center that people like to walk <laughs> up in a day hike and then walk back. And they don't go too far because if you get too far, you're in Mexico. And yeah, then you got to try to make sure like, did I have my ID on me to come back? Uh, there's uh, <laughs> just in case, you know, in case the, the Rangers are there or Border Patrol shows up, you can prove that you are supposed to be in the U.S. All right. But, well, now after everybody hearing that, y'all are going to want to come to Arizona and the Grand Canyon because you don't have to worry about any of that. There you go. You get the little slit in the wall. Huge hole in the ground. <laughs> Although if you're not careful, you end up in Utah. So, oh, there you go. And we don't want that yet. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so we got introduced through Interview Valet, and I love just doing a quick shout out to them every time they send us a, a great guest. Um, so yeah, I just saw Tom Schwab and Karen. Um, we met for the first time in person. Uh, Karen and I did. Uh, Tom, I've met before. Um, and yeah, I got to sit in on their conversation about uh, how to become a guest on other shows and the tools they use and everything. And, uh, and I, I remember standing up at the end and just throwing a joke in there. So I didn't tell you this part, Joe, during the, the record part. But, uh, you know, he goes around saying that the hardest question he ever got was from this show back when we used to ask about your favorite Renee Zellweger movie or, um, you know, Six Degrees of Separation, Factor Fiction. Like, how are you connected to Renee Zellweger? And so it used to be on Interview Valet's one sheet. You know, be prepared for a question about Renee Zellweger. And so anyway, I stand up and I'm like, hey, Tom, it's Jerry. 
you know, like Tom and Jerry. And so people cracked up at that alone. <laughs> uh, and then once that died down, I said, I just, I need to ask a question for clarification. What would you say is your favorite Rene Zellweger movie? And he started cracking up on stage. And I was like, no, I've got a serious question, though. Uh, and then I got to the serious question. He's like, all right, cool. But then after your question, I need to tell the story behind that. And I mean, it lit the whole crowd. I mean, they were already like taking notes and everything, but uh, it it was just cool. Like, because he was able to weave that in and let the audience know, like, if you work with Interview Valet, we provide you with a briefing sheet of the, the shows you go on. So, you know what to expect. And it was just really cool. And um and then he got off stage and gave me a hug for that. He's like, that was awesome. I'm like, I had to do it. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you, if you ever looked my way and I was cracking up, it's because it was in my head the whole 45 minutes. I was going to ask that question. And he's like, it, it worked out well. So, uh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom for- yeah, Tom and Interview LA, they're, they're amazing. And, and it's not just the quality of service they provide. It's also just them as human beings. Yeah. Just phenomenal human beings too. Yeah. So if you are interested in like publishing a book, promoting your business through podcasting, just reach out to me. I'll get you connected with Tom and Karen from Interview Valet, and uh, they'll take good care of you. Uh, But yeah, Joe, you didn't come on just to help me plug Tom for the sake of plugging (laughs) Tom. Um, You yourself have a really cool uh, program. You had a podcast that's currently on hiatus called Forward with Joe, and -hmm. you've got uh, a book specifically about how to succeed in marriage as a married entrepreneur. Um, so obviously you're married, you've got some kids. We were just talking about them a moment ago. Uh, so I guess to kick it all off, how did you and your wife meet? I'm, I'm curious about that. I always love like origin stories when it comes to married couples. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife and I, we have a fun origin story. We, um, we met do- doing country swing dancing and uh, my wife's a bit younger than I am. And there was a, a group that I was a part of and I wanted to impress some of the girls in this group by learning some some more dance moves and then show up on one of the the nights that every Wednesday night, there'd be this country swing dance and, and I was going to show up and really impress them. So I couldn't take one of the girls from my own group. So uh, I I asked this girl, Sean A, uh, uh, you know, and I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a dance party. You want to go do some dance lessons? You can learn some stuff. And she goes, yeah, sure. And so we go and we do the dance lessons and I and I pick her up and she's telling me how, you know, she's She's in Phoenix on a soccer scholarship at, at a local university, and she's uh, she and her family pay, play on a co-ed rec softball team. I did theater growing up. <laughs> I was not an athlete. I'm I'm six three, so I like playing basketball. But I did theater, and I'm thinking, man, this not only is she way super hot, but she is way too cool for me. And so I was like, well, that's okay. We'll just go learn some dancing, and everything will be great. And then um, so we we do that. And then for the next few weeks, after she's just learned all these moves with me, after the, these next few weeks, I would only ask her to do like a, a country waltz. And um, and after a couple of weeks, I go and I was like, hey, it's a waltz. You want to dance? She goes, no. I go, what do you mean? No. I said, we always do the country waltz. And she goes, yeah, you took me to go learn all these amazing dance moves and you only dance with other girls using those moves. She's like, so I don't want to do a waltz with you. And I said, well, come do the waltz with me. And then we'll do another dance after that. And she goes, okay. <laughs> so, so we did that. We danced. And then um, I was like, hey, let's go, you know, let's go grab a dessert or something. Let's go get an ice cream or you want to hang out a little bit after. And she's like, yeah, sure. And then I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm like, man, what is she, what is she doing? She said, she's just going to say bye to her friend. And I was like, this, this is dumb. 
I'm I'm not waiting around. I'm my own man. I am my own man. <laughs> I'm, I'm no got, simp. I'm, I'm a good ticket. Like I don't need to wait around. But I did. Yeah. And um, I found out later, like after we were married, the reason she took so long was because there was another guy that had asked her to hang out. And so she was debating which one of us to go hang out with and, you know, go, go out to eat with afterwards. And, um, and she was talking to her friends and she's like, well, Joe's this and this other guy's this. And, but she chose me, uh, that night and, uh, she continues to choose me each day for the last 10 plus years. And I am eternally grateful. There you go. Yeah. It's almost 19, oh, 20 years in a few months for my wife and I. And yeah, same thing. You know, she hasn't fired me yet is what I usually tell folks. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've given her reason to from time to time. And yeah, she still just does that forgiving thing. Now you have at least a five-year-old who you've got a play date with in just a moment. Uh, you guys are going to do some Paw Patrol and uh, dinosaurs. Paw Patrol's Discover Dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know. <laughs> and so, is that your only? You know, um, that's your son, right? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, let's talk about how you can use Cap Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Cap Show, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's yeah. my son. I've got uh, three kids all together. I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old girl, boy, girl. Um, they're they're amazing. Uh, they are incredibly forgiving. Um, and one of the things, and and here here's a quick tip right off the bat. It's it's important to apologize to your kids when you make a mistake. I used to think I had to have this persona of perfection. You know, I mean, the business world, it's you're the mighty boss. You've got this, you know, this leadership, this authority, but those are some toxic concepts of leadership. And so it's same thing in the home. And, and, um, I mean, my kids are phenomenal because you ask them, like, we do a gratitude thing every night. Well, what are you grateful for? And we talk about what we're grateful for. And, and, a lot of times the things that they say that, you know, they're grateful that daddy's still learning or they're grateful that daddy keeps trying. Or um, they're grateful that they can make mistakes and do better. And it's just this idea of that we don't, as, as strong men, as strong, powerful parents, it, it, you know, it doesn't even matter if you're a man. I think sometimes there's a stigma of, of how men need to be, but women are powerful. And my wife as well, it's okay to say, I made a mistake and daddy handled that wrong. And, you know, so uh, like a few weeks back, I um, raised my voice and I was not nice. And I said, I, re I realized it. And so I said, Hey kids, will you come with me? And we went to the bathroom. I said, was it okay how daddy talked? And they shook their heads. No. And I said, was there a better way that daddy could handle this? And they said, yes. I said, okay, well, what happens when, you know, we say not nice things or we yell or things like that. And they go soap. And I put soap in my mouth. <laughs> Because that's the say, that's the consequence they get. And then daddy sat in timeout for a couple minutes. And I, I asked them, hey, am I ready to get out? And then we talked about it. We talked about better ways that I could handle it. It's that 
it's that leading by example. Um, and that, you know, I'm still loved and respected and admired and I'm still their super daddy hero. So, but anyway, that was a little tangent, but there you go. No, Three it, kids. <laughs> it preserves your integrity when you do something like that. I mean, the, that was something that was important for my wife and I, you know, one of our, I couldn't tell you when it happened, but one of our, you know, big arguments, the, the kind where they're shouting back and forth and a door gets slammed. And, mm. um, I've only gotten my wife mad enough once where she slammed a door where it took the door and the frame slightly out of the wall. It's still slightly out of the wall. So hopefully the handyman puts that back in place for us. Cause we're going to put the house on the market soon. Uh, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, strong women. Yeah. Oh, I made her <laughs> mad. Uh, and, and she's the one who can keep her calm and, and her cool. Uh, but I remember our kids being kind of scared about this. Like we were shouting back and forth so much that they went to their rooms. They retreated to their rooms. Now Liv and I, we, we talked it out and you know, we hugged it out and we were on the same page and we apologized for the way we spoke to each other. And then it hit us. Our kids heard this conversation too, the the loud shouting match. They don't know that we just had this makeup that, and, and I don't know why, but it just kind of hit me that, you know, all the folks I know of growing up who saw their parents fight like this and that's all they saw. And they wondered, you know, why did the parents stay together? Why do they seem so happy now that I'm older? And I realized because they never saw this part where we resolved things. And so I, I remember asking Liv, Hey, is it okay if we bring the kids in here and talk through, you know, one apologize for how we handled this in front of them, but I think we need to inform them of what we did to get to where we are now. And so we called them in and, um, they, they look so nervous. They, that, that also kind of broke my heart because they looked nervous. Like they were somehow in trouble in all this and they had nothing to do with what was happening. So we had to first say that, first of all, neither of you have done anything wrong. So if anything, you should be mad at us and here's why. And, and so when we said that, my son's like, yeah, I, I agree. I'm like, no, you, okay, you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, we, we said, now the other thing that you didn't see is that for the last, you know, 30 minutes, you know, your mom and I have been in this room resolving this and talking it through calmly. And we want to let you know, that's what's happened as well. And this is what we shared. And, and we shared everything with them. Like, you know, this is my stance. This was your mom's stance. And this is where we agreed. Uh, what do y'all think? And they're like, yeah, why couldn't you guys do that when you were out there? And we're like, I don't know. We were mad. You get mad, don't you? And so like kind of connecting those dots and, and then, uh, you know, it, it, we had to do that just a few times, fortunately, just a few times in our marriage. Uh, but every time if they were in the room to see the blow up, we had to kind of bring them back together and say, all right, now let's, let's show and, and talk them through and be transparent. So, and I think we did that. Well, I know we did it because we know that someday they're going to be adults. In fact, they, oh man, they are adults. Yeah. My daughter's 18, my son's 20 and they're both in relationships and they handle it really well. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it, it blows my mind. They actually handle the relationships better than some of the things my wife and I handled. So it's, it's really cool to see that. Um, so I think that is important to, to do stuff like that and uh, build their trust in that respect. So cool yeah. deal. I, I love what you did because the reality is if you don't take the time to teach them to, to one, to acknowledge that you made a mistake. So they know what a mistake looks like Two, to teach them how to get over that mistake so that they can learn, you can overcome mistakes. If you don't teach them how to do that, if you don't say, here's what we did, here's what helped us to kind of calm down, here's what we did to communicate what was really going on, 
here's what we did to figure out what would be best for our family. If you don't teach them that, Jerry, if you didn't teach your kids that, who's going to teach them? You know, some TV sitcom or Hollywood elitist or (laughs) Instagram influencer? Like, who do we want teaching our children these things? And so, and, and there's generational patterns that oftentimes need to get broken or need to get healed or, or, or even just small adjustments as we go because society changes. So I just, the value of, of taking the time to, to teach your kids. And I think doing that, however many years ago that that argument took place. And now you talk about, you know, they're 18 and 20 and they're so much better in relationships in your life. Well, because they've been being trained and educated on it for however many years. So good job, Jerry. Thank you. I think the biggest payoff was seeing um, my daughter go through high school and not be manipulated by other boys. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. uh, if somebody tried to, she's like, "All right, well, bye." <laughs> uh, yeah. If somebody was having a rough time and uh, wanted to, like, you know, make the the relationship or connection like kind of awkward or tr- try to leverage that in some way, she would just simply say, "You know, I, I think you need to go home and just work on you." And then once you've gotten yourself figured out, come back. We'll see if there's still something for us to work on. And so she, she knew I'm not, I'm not going to be that person who goes out to save a drowning victim and get drowned myself. And so she yeah. knew like, okay, you're handling some stuff, some insecurities. You need to go handle that without taking me down with you. And I'm like, what? That is so mature. You're like, how old? Um, so that she did not learn from me. I think she learned that somewhere. <laughs> But she had the confidence to put that out there and share it and use it. And that just amazes me all the time. Um, now, there was a time, and you, you talk about this in your your about page on your, your website, uh, forwardwithjoe.com, that, um, you know, you, you uh, I don't know what the argument was about, but it actually ended with you uh, smashing with your barefoot a cabinet and... You know, frustration and all that stuff. And you had that, that pivotal moment where, uh, your wife made a choice to either walk out that door or stay and help you. And of course, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, she stayed obviously because <laughs> we just talked about his family, same, same folks. So how old were you both or how far into your marriage were you? Um, and I guess tell us a little bit more about that, but ultimately where we should land with that is, you know, the, the positive of that, that, you know, you had that humility to, ask for help and that turned things around. But you also had this realization in your head that we'll, we'll get to in a moment, but I guess give us a little bit of a a foundation for where that turning point was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's a great summary. I mean, essentially I did a man sized tantrum um, and it's funny. You said, you don't, you don't remember what the argument is about. I don't remember what the argument was about. Whatever it was, was not important. Um, But what I learned from it was, and, um, and, the, and there were a couple of things. And I think one of the things that I don't mention too often is what I learned from that experience is that um, uh, my, my good friend, Brian McRae, his marriage advice is people always ask, he's married almost 30 years. And people ask, well, how do you, how do you stay married so long? He says, the secret to a long marriage is you, you both don't give up at the same time. And, um, and I, I, don't, I hadn't been married very long when I heard that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. But then the more <laughs> marriage goes on, the more I realize the, the impact of, of that truth. And so it's one of the things I learned is that, that love is one of the most, one of the strongest forces, is, is the strongest emotion, is the strongest force. But even within all of that strength, it's still fragile. And, and maybe it's the type of love and uh, I'm kind of processing this right now with you, 
but maybe so maybe it's the maybe it's the type of love maybe it's this this intimate love because there's this the love uh that keeps a marriage together or keeps it strong because so much of it hinges on trust and if you don't meet your spouse until 20 30 years into your life you've had all of those experiences plus even when you're with your spouse you have all of these experiences where people are consistently um, breaking trust or strengthening trust. I mean, it, it goes both ways, uh, but trust can be fragile. And so now when you have this incredible, vulnerable love that comes with, with marriage, that it's fragile. And um, I broke it that night. I, I, I broke it. I mean, tell me, tell me what kind of... Um, tell me what kind of man bashes in a cupboard with his bare foot and then expects his wife to stick around and be like, well, that was a silly choice, but I still trust you and you're safe for me. And like, it, it doesn't work that way. And, and when things get broken, uh, the good news is that, that they can be healed. Trust can be healed. Love can be healed, but it requires effort. And, um, and my wife walked down the stairs and I had this huge chunk of wood sticking in my foot. And it was this everything was falling apart right in front of me. Everything that I built, we've been married uh, three or four years, and um, and we had our we had our ups and downs, but never anything like this. And it was always I just I was mad. I was sitting at the top of the stairs, and and I was asking terrible questions. Now, now everybody, if you are not getting the answers, the results that you're looking for in life, it's because you're you know look at the questions you're asking. If you're getting bad answers, you're asking bad questions. And if you ever ask yourself, like I did that night, sitting at the top of the stairs, my wife's ready to walk out the door, my foot's bleeding, I've got a piece of wood sticking in it that I can't pull out by myself. And the question I ask, what's wrong with me? And when we ask ourselves questions, the subconscious mind doesn't process it as good or bad. It processes it as a data entry that needs a response. And so you ask, well, what's wrong with me? And then it's go, going to go through all those files. And I'm start remembering things that I haven't thought about in years of ever, all these terrible decisions I made, or all these evidences that I'm inadequate or that I'm not good at relationships. Specifically, it revolved around relationships, and I thought of all these. You know, every relationship fails until the one that doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all these terrible relationships, and and all this stuff starts coming to my, my mind, and I'm and it was just this desperation of what am I going to fight for. What do what do I really want? Do I really want her to go? Absolutely not. Like there's and and I asked for help. I said, Wait, please. And it it wasn't pretty. And look, and you know, as parents, as spouses, in those times where it's most important for us to ask for help or to communicate, let's let go of the need for it to sound pretty, for the need for it to flow just right. Let's let go of that and let's just open up and let the words out. And so I asked for help and and she stayed and and then I I thought okay this can't happen again. Um you know m- my foot can't take it. I don't want to be wasting money on replacing furniture <laughs> and and the trust and this vulnerable love deserves better. My wife deserves better. I'm going to be that man. And so then I set out to figure out all right, let's do this. Really good at business. Uh really good student. Let's let's go learn. I'm going to learn. I've, I know I learned how to do business. Now I'm going to learn how to do marriage. Now I'm going to learn how to be a better husband, be a better dad. And so I set off on this journey to absorb everything I could that would help me rescue my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about that in your book. And 
uh, folks, you got you got to get a copy of it. It's a short read, so if you think oh, I don't like reading books, they're long and they're boring. It's thirty one pages long. You can read this. This is awesome. He <laughs> gets right to the point, and the gold nuggets are there. Uh, yeah. So you made a commitment. You made a choice up at the top of those stairs asking for help. That was like step one. And then, uh, I mean, at that point, the ball was in her court, and she said yes by or, or yes again to the marriage by coming back up and mm-hmm. and helping you. And then it's what you did afterwards that really made a difference i believe that you didn't just say ah oh, good i i i saved it Whew, said what i needed to say you truly took steps to learn as much as you could about marriage and uh, it, it sounds like you came across a realization that there are no such things as business principles and no such thing as marriage principles they're just principles and so if they apply in one area it's a principle because it can also apply in another. And uh, that just blew my mind. And then later in the book, you use a SWOT analysis to determine, you know, if something's <laughs> to be done or not. So you're truly literally taking a business practice and applying it to your family and your marriage. Um, so I guess for our listeners, I mean, some folks know what SWOT analysis is and others are like, like SWAT team? No, a different S-W-O-T. <laughs> uh, business folks use it to decide what, is the strategic initiative to take or is this an initiative to take or what's just the state of our business? So I, if you can just tell folks real quick, what does SWAT stand for and then how do you apply it uh, to your family? Yeah, you got it. Well, um, first of all, anytime you start talking business and family, um, I mean, I remember several years into my journey when I discovered, when I started realizing this, I used to, Jerry, I used to think that my superpower was communication. Oh, (laughs) Jerry, I'm an amazing communicator. And then I got married and realized I didn't know jack squat about communicating. And which then clearly meant it was my my wife's fault. And she was a terrible communicator. And and, uh, that's probably what led to my man size tantrum. Some of the things that attitude at least um, but then as I started diving into these things, I'd be sitting in these group conversations and with, with other men trying to figure out what's going on in their marriage. How can we support each other? How can we strengthen each other? And these are highly successful businessmen. And at, at the time I, I was doing some highly successful business things as well. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is stupid. Like how he's complaining. This guy is complaining about the same thing. He's bringing up the same thing he brought up two weeks ago and six weeks before that and three months before that. And I, and I was like, okay. I said, look, if this was your business, how would you handle it? And he says, oh, well, I would do this and I would do this. And, and uh, we started talking about like, okay. So I started using business analogies and talking about what, what he could do for that. And he was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then somebody else chimes in and they're like, Joe, no, you can't treat family like a business. And I tell you, Jerry, if you can't treat family like a business, if you can't lead your family like you would lead a business, then you need to review yourself as a leader in business. And if you understand the most powerful principles of real business leadership, not dictatorship, not taskmastership, <laughs> if you understand those true key elements, now you can get at the core of it because absolutely look at the greatest leaders throughout time, true leaders and what they've done and how they taught and how they led. Absolutely. You can apply that to business. So going with this example, the SWOT analysis, how often in business are we evaluating where we're at, where we've been, where we're at and where we want to go? Now, SWOT analysis is two, there's two parts to it. There's the internal part, what's going on inside your business and what's going on 
outside your business. And the S and W stand for strengths and weaknesses. What are our, our internal strengths and weaknesses? And a strength might be uh, you're, you're great at networking and you have a strong social media platform that you utilize. And, you know, those might be some strengths. And then maybe your weakness is that you don't have, you have a small email list or, um, you, uh, you're constantly, you don't have good systems or processes in place. So those are kind of things inside the business. Now, uh, the, the O and the T of SWAT, those are opportunities and threats. Um, and those are outside your business. So the opportunities could be, okay, you know what, everything this, with this, um, what's been going on in society with the pandemic and different things we've got, uh, you know, we have an opportunity. People are switching to more virtual and more Zoom. And so now we can expand our team internationally, or maybe we see it as threats. Maybe you're a brick and mortar business that how do we make people feel safe to come to our brick and mortar business? And, 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 uh, and here's, here's a quick expert tip. 99.9% of threats can be turned into opportunities with the proper perspective. So side note, so you go, okay, so those are things outside of us. Well, how does that apply to home? All right. Well, with family, here's what you're going to do for a SWOT analysis on your family. And I've, I've, uh, I've rebranded it because SWOT analysis can be triggering. People go, I hate SWOT analysis. I remember <laughs> learning that in school and doing it in business. I don't want to do that. So it's a family relationship audit. Nice. Not that audit is any less triggering, <laughs> but I, it generates a better, it generates a better response, but essentially we're going to, we want to analyze the situations. Now, please note, analysis does not equal judgment. This is not an opportunity for you to mentally and emotionally abuse yourself for the mistakes that you made. This isn't, this isn't time to uh, undercut your strengths and overemphasize your weaknesses. This is an opportunity for honest reflection. And look, maybe your family doesn't want to be involved. You know, maybe there's some of you out there, Rudder Nation, who your families, you feel like you're the only one ready to make this progress. That's okay. You can do it on your own. Choose one relationship at a time. I'd suggest you start with your spouse. Say, what are my strengths, my relationship with my spouse? What are my strengths and how I'm interacting with my spouse? Remember, this is everything internal. What's going on with you? Don't, this is, this is judgment free. You have permission to let go of judgment and just to write down some facts. All we're doing right now is gathering data. And then we're going to gather data on your weaknesses. Where are you struggling? Are you, are you still courting your wife? Are you still going out on dates together? Are you still having alone time? Or do you guys plop down on the couch and watch Netflix? That judgment-free. My wife and I plot down and watch Netflix. We're, we really enjoy the show alone right now. Uh, but side That note. is a good show. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> and, um, you know, but this is, so there's, there's no judgment. It's just figuring out where we are. Because until you discover where you are, you can't truly decide what you want to do about it. Yeah. That's the same with navigating too. Like if you need to get to a point B, you need to know where you are now. And because that's going to determine direction, speed, how many times we need to gas up the car or if you're hiking, like I like to do, um, how many, you know, am I going to make my destination by nightfall or do I need to add an extra day to this trip? So yeah, you gotta, you gotta do this type of analysis because it's going to tell you where you are currently. And the reason why, so the why behind this is because it's going to help you 
determine how you're getting to where you want to go. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. You got to yeah. do this guys. <laughs> and then, so the opportunities and threats, the external element of this, this is just looking outside and remember, keep in mind, like listed as opportunities and threats, but recognize anything you put as a threat because we were as, you know, especially with uh, men and this unquenchable burning desire to fix things. It's like, so as soon as something <laughs> yeah. goes in a threat category, it's like, no, 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 Jerry, I can fix that. That's that doesn't need to be there. No, just, it's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> just relax. And so opportunities, what are the opportunities out there? Well, you know, um, I listen to this great podcast called Rudder Nation uh, or Beyond the Rut and, you know, and uh, love that podcast. And I find value from that, or I commute to work. And so what are other podcasts or what are other things that I can listen to that are going to uh, improve what's going on? I mean, turn off the AM radio, turn off the sports radio, turn off, you know, change the serious channel, whatever, let the, you know, there's an opportunity in your commute to work, to be able to grow. So just, you start listing out things outside of yourself. Um, maybe a threat might be that there's, you're new to the area and you don't know anybody that can help watch your kids. So you and your wife can go out and date. Cool. List that down. And you're just gathering data. We're discovering what's going on. And now what you do with that data, just like Jerry, you felt like when that argument with your wife at the door slamming and you felt, wait a minute, our kids saw that, but they didn't see the resolution. Or with me where uh, I, lo- I loved how you put it because up until that point, up until my man-sized tantrum, I had just said what I needed to say to move on. Um, but at that, at that moment, I had an opportunity, okay, I have this discovery. What am I going to do with it? And so it's, it's, that's what comes next. First, we need to take the time though to really understand where we're at from a judgment-free, honest evaluation just like you would do in business. Yeah. How much did like knowing your values help you make the dis- the right decision when, so you, um, whether it's that moment on the top of the stairs or anytime you do a, an analysis of where you are currently, how much do knowing your values play a role in that? It's, it's critical. It's, um, so I teach the 3d family framework is what I put together. And this is a, a foundation. These are the foundational steps to strengthen your family and build them in, into who they need to be. And the first piece of this stage, the first D is discover. And one of the key steps as part of this foundation is to discover your values. And essentially what that looks like, Jerry, is that, so we do this audit, this analysis of where am I at? And we also, though, we need a vision to understand of where we want to go. And just like you talked about the point A and the point B and any kind of, any kind of journey. The values become okay when that's where I want where I'm going. And let's use hiking. We talked about Grand Canyon. We talked about hiking. Yeah. So let's use that with our analogy. Again, I love analogies. It's it's I love hiking. I so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and an analogy about hiking. It's a perfect match. So if I want to be, if I want to hike across the Grand Canyon, let's say we want to do that. Jerry, I would die if you were like, Joe, let's meet up. Let's do this. This is great. Let's go in October. I'd be like, sure, Jerry, but I'm going to die. I would not be able to do it. So if I go, okay, I am committed to that goal. So who do I need to be in order to achieve that? Well, I need to be someone that eats healthy. I need to be someone that consistently exercises. I need to be somebody that um, I can, you know, spend, really enjoys being outside and it's, it's not a day trip. So I need to be somebody that is okay carrying a backpack around, but there's all these different things that I need to figure out about who I need to be when I'm that person hiking the Grand Canyon with you. So in family, 
too often, man, Jerry, I tell you what, too often we create a vision and our vision consists of being on a beach in Bali, uh, you know, with the little drink and the umbrella and somebody bringing us out, a, a, you know, a meal while we relax in our chairs and the kids are off in the sand splashing yeah. in the ocean. <laughs> and that's great. But that is not the kind of vision that we're going to create that's going to provide the most powerful movement. The real vision is going to be um, when you pair, when you marry everything that you're doing in practical with family, and you're able to create your ideal day that would be an ordinary, everyday, beautiful, powerful day. So that's the vision we want. So my vision for my family and the time that we're going to spend and the things that we do together, and I have that all mapped out, what kind of man am I in that situation? What kind of relationships do my wife and I have? How are we communicating? And so values are essential to that. And values drive our, our decisions. There's a, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a quick story and then I'll stop talking. Um, uh, over a year ago, my wife... Uh, it, so my youngest was born on the 4th of July. Oh. And um, yes, we named her Constitution. Nice. No, we didn't. That would oh. be traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's very bold of you. <laughs> we know we named her Declaration of Independence. Uh, no, uh, her name's Arya, um, which is funny because you brought up Game of Thrones earlier, yes. and Arya became popular through Game of Thrones. But yep. I've never watched Game of Thrones, oh. so we didn't know it was a character on Game of Thrones. Apparently, she's pretty awesome, so yeah. it, it was a good pair to make there. But um, anyway, <laughs> so. Quick story. Didn't I say something about a quick story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that. I don't know if that happens. Like I said, everybody, not a communicator, not my superpower. We learned that right. Translator. Translator is my superpower. So, anyway, Fourth um, of July, and my wife's from a small town, and she had taken the kids up to the small town and was going to participate in this Fourth of July parade, and it the and just do the all kinds of festivities. Man, I tell you what, Fourth um, of July, Independence Day in small towns is the best. They go all out. It's it's amazing. So they had gone up early. I had to stay to do some business things and I was going to go meet them up there. But in order for me to make the parade, it's about a four and a half hour drive. And in order for me to be there in time for the parade, I would have to leave at like 2.30 in the morning to get to them and then where they were going to leave for the parade and go get their spot. And I am not a morning person. I would more likely be somebody to stay up till 2.30 in the morning, but I knew that wouldn't be safe with a four and a half hour drive. And um, so I just told my wife and kids, I thought, I said, you know, I love you guys. I'm, I'm not going to be there for the parade, but I'll be there after the parade. And that way we can do Aria's birthday and then we'll go see the fireworks that night. And they're like, okay, sounds good. And then I'm sitting in my lazy boy chair watching something on Netflix and we've got our values that we printed out and like poster size uh, canvas on our wall. And one of those values is to be adventurous. And it's described as um, doing things that allow us to create memories as a family that we hold on to. And there's other things to that. And I'm sitting there and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I just started this movie and I'm thinking, be adventurous. What's something I could do that would be adventurous? And, and be in line with that value. And I went to bed right away. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, didn't tell, any, didn't tell my wife and kids. And they uh, were, had just gotten up and were having bre- they were going to have breakfast and then head out for the parade. And I pulled up and I walk in and they're eating breakfast and just... <laughs> and it was just oh, so... Wow. Just this beautiful, powerful moment. 
And the only reason that moment happened was because I had determined my family, we had determined what our values would be. And I, as the father, as the husband was committed to our family values. Boom. Right there. (laughs) Oh man. I think that's a good spot for us to start wrap. Oh man. Hit pause guys. Let that sink in for a bit. But then for us, we'll, we'll just keep recording. Uh, so, uh, for folks to, um, to, to reach out to you and to get more of this, I know you're, you, you'd mentioned your podcast forward with Joe is on hiatus, but that doesn't mean folks can't just go and listen to it. I believe it's still on I, Apple podcasts. And I mean, that's where I listen to my podcast. So uh, I'm assuming it's everywhere else like Spotify and Google podcasts and so on. Uh, but then you've got your website forward with Joe.com. Uh, what are some other places uh, folks can reach out to you and what do you have that's coming up? Because I know you have Interview Valet helping you get out there uh, for a reason. So what is that thing that you're on mission with right now that folks should know about? Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, I'm putting together some resources for Rudder Nation so they can go to forwardwithjoe.com slash beyond the rut. And there's going to be some resources there. And, and really there's anything you want. You can get a, um, there's a, any, anywhere from just getting a checklist or getting on the newsletter to scheduling a free call with me and, and in between. So just some different things I want to provide to the Rudder Nation. Um, and then as far as other places to engage, I, anybody who wants to connect with me on social media channels, I am at the Joe Pomeroy on all social media channels. Uh, it's not an arrogant thing. It was a consistent branding thing. I couldn't just get Joe Pomeroy. So we went with the Joe Pomeroy. Um, and I say that in humility. So, <laughs> but uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn are probably the places that I'm most active as far as that goes. Um, and then, but yeah, go check out forwardwithjoe.com slash beyond the rut. And it can kind of start connecting that way. And then what I've got coming up is um, I'm getting. I, I mean, j- the most important thing to me, Jerry, is is family. There is so much going on outside of our homes. We talk about SWAT strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. There are so many things that appear to be threats. And the problem too often is that we think we have time. We think once I finish this thing, I'm not ready yet. You had a really powerful episode. It was uh, it was episode two sixty four with Ron Worley, and you guys brought up this question: if you had five years to live, and uh, and and after everybody goes to the website and and starts engaging and stuff, then go listen to episode two sixty four. Really great episode. And I started thinking. I was listening to that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of the comments that you and Ron made, and and just about the emphasis we need to put on taking action now. Well, what if what if you only have five years to influence your kids? What if you only have five years to give your kids the foundation they need to succeed? What if you only have five years to create a lifetime bond with your kids? Here's the scary part, Jerry. We don't even have five years. The way things are going, how quickly kids are influenced by peers at schools, by teachers that may not have values aligned with ours, by social media platforms, by what's on TV. Um, I mean, you, you can even look at some of the direction that Disney's going and, and things that used to be something that was a great way to teach values. And, and that may or may not align with what you want for your kids, but really what it comes down to, you must fight for your family. We cannot be passive parents. 
We can no longer be passive fathers, passive mothers. We must proactively parent. And so whatever you got from today, whatever you learned, whatever you discovered, just like sitting at the top of the stairs, just like when Jerry was feeling impressed that, wow, our kids haven't seen what's going on, please act. Please take action. Please be proactive. You can do that by keep listening to Beyond the Rut. You can do that by uh, going to my website and, and engaging with me further, following Jerry or I on social media. Um, but if you only have five years to influence your kids and to set that foundation that's going to determine the rest of your relationship with them, let's start today. Because when we save the family, we will save the world. Awesome. Awesome. Joe, it was great to have you on this show. And uh, uh, I definitely want to keep in touch with you. And uh, when you bring uh, Forward with Joe back online, uh, I'll if you want Ron on your show, I'll, I'll definitely connect y'all. Uh, well, I yeah. want you on my show, Jerry. When oh. I get going again, I'm going to have you yeah. on my show. I'm in. Definitely. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Now, hopefully you found a lot of value in the conversation we just had with Joe. And if that's the case, do us a favor and do your friends and family a favor. However you're listening to the show, hit the share button and send this episode to that friend, that family member, that coworker, or that neighbor across the street. And when you do that, you're going to be sharing this information from Joe to help others. There you go. You're making the world a better place by sharing great content, period. That's it. Now, you can also go to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 293. There will link back to Joe's website, his book, and so much more that'll help deepen the understanding and connection you had with this material today. Now, I'm glad that you joined us this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Capshow is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Capshowian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.